Imagine a two-part podcast. It's easy if you try. Tony, we went long on the last one. Ah la 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 long, ah la 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 long, 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 long. Come on. Which was not written about Australian center and three-time fucking champion Luke Longley. Luke Longley, dig it. <laughs> dig it. That was kind of dig it by Luke Longley. And now all the Randy Brown. Randy Brown on the ground. Imagine, same key as let it be. Hey, this is the Untitled Beatles podcast. <laughs> this is part two because we went long in part one. And Casey manufactured an outro earlier because we forgot to record one. We now present part two of Julian Lennon's Velote. Untitled Beatles podcast. Next on the list, Crippled Inside. A good time rock and roll song. Corny country and western, Lennon called it. What do you, what do you think of this one? I love it. It's so fun hearing him do country because he didn't really do it all that often. I was trying to think of the other examples. There's tight as with the dollar right. sign, yeah, which is also in the two hole in um, <laughs> mind games. <laughs> Who hole? Two hole. Two hole. You know what I mean? I do know, but it always you say two hole. I'm thinking of a butt <laughs> butthole. <laughs> I say it's two hole. You hear it's poop hole. Two hole. Poop hole. <laughs> Original Irving Berlin lyric. Um, yeah, so, but it's also, it's funny that in Mind Games, which he recorded after he went back to the political extreme for some time in New York City, mm. he opens, Mind Games opens very similarly with the dreamy title track and then followed by a country track. And then, of course, John Sinclair, which is on some time in New York City. This is a great track. I, I I love Nicky Hopkins' piano on this. That kind of barrel house tech piano yeah. is so great. It's fun to hear John do an outright country. We heard George do it. Yep. We heard Ringo do it. Definitely. We heard John kind of hint at it a bit, but never as 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 pure as this. Well, that's George on Dobro, that kind of percussive uh, acoustic guitar sound. It's what you ask your buddy when you need your money, Dobro. <laughs> Dobro. <laughs> and then uh, Ted Turner played acoustic guitar. Uh, not Jane Fonda's husband, but a uh, guy from Wishbone Ash. And here's something I did not know. The bridge is borrowed from a song called Black Dog. Hey, hey. No, not by Led Zeppelin, uh, but by uh, a band named Corner, Ray, and Glover from 1964, these kind of folk dudes. And it's a great song. I just put it on. I'd never heard it before. I put it on. I'm like, oh, my God, this is a great song. And it sounds the same, but different. Blue man, you call me dog when I'm gone now. Baby, you just let go when I'm gone. When I get back with a hundred dollar bill. Did, was there a publishing issue, like you can't catch me and, and some of the other stuff? No, not that I know of. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not credited or anything to anybody other than Lennon. Yeah. One thing you can't hide is when you clip on inside. Well, now you know that your cat has nine lives, babe. Nine lives to itself. 
I left out one other uh, John Country moment that's not really John, but on the Amnesty International John Lennon two CD collection is big and rich doing Nobody Told Me. <laughs> Which, big and rich. The minute I heard it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I'm I'm a liberal Democrat. What, what can I say? I, I can't fake it. Like, I like Willie Nelson. Like, I problem with these dudes. No. Cut three in the three hole. Excuse me. Excuse me. I can I get my three hole? Excuse me. Um, Caddy, <laughs> you're playing golf and you're going to like it. What about my asthma? I'll give you asthma. Jealous guy. Jealous guy. So yeah, written dating back to India back in '68 when it was known as Child of Nature. I think this is kind of common knowledge now, maybe. Especially since it's been released, uh, the White Album, we actually now can hear the Esher demo for Child of Nature. Asher, idiot. <laughs> I am really glad he changed the lyrics. What do you? How about you? Yeah, I've got a really weird note here that said, what a gift the Beatles didn't do this one. Um, because the lyric change makes, it elevates the song so much. Now, Child of Nature actually would have fit perfectly in the White Album, given all the, the songs about nature on that record. So it felt certainly part and part of those sessions. But the lyric in Jealous Guy uh, is so strong. It is such a great song. You know, in terms of songs that they did about their uh, India experience, I prefer Child of Nature to Sexy Sadie. And I mm. certainly prefer, Je I mean, I feel like it's just a better composed song. I like Sexy Sadie a lot, but Child of Nature slash Jealous Guy, the melody is just aching. I okay. love this melody so much. I'll give you that. I will yeah. I will give you that. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I love Sexy Sadie. So that was like, oh, when I think of Child of Nature, because to me, I don't know, there's something that's just so dopey about like, I'm just a child. I'm one of nature's children. There's something that's just too on the nose for me with that. That's why they didn't do it. And that's yeah. why I changed it. The brilliance of John Lennon. What great self-editing. Yes. Yes. Thank you, John. On the road to Rishikesh, I was dreaming more or And the dream I had was true Yes, the dream I had was true I'm just a child of nature I don't need much to set me free I'm just a child of nature children and the band did it for paul with teddy boy <laughs> yeah that that yeah yeah it took some hoedown conviction <laughs> take your partner it's what paul's like oh john doesn't want to do this does he exactly yeah he didn't really want to do much of anything until peter jackson found the tapes and they're still together as you know the beatles are still together they haven't broken up did you see on youtube that clip from the peter jackson get back where john is sobbing and holding paul as paul sings long and winding road <laughs> <laughs> it's great i mean it's all ai but it's great the long and winding yeah, so the lyrics were changed, thankfully, to these more universal lyrics about, uh, yeah, you know, kind of. Well, it's John copping to uh, his faults. He's showing remorse for being jealous. But at the same time, he's actually, you know, he's not going to change. You know, I'm just a jealous guy. Watch out. <laughs> Look, Look out. out. I'm just a jealous guy. Watch out. I'm just a jealous guy. Look out. You know, he's copping to that that horrible side of himself that he was struggling with and didn't didn't like. And yet, in classic only John Lennon form, the whistling at the end absolves him in his own mind of all he's just copped to. The carefree whistling shows him whistling it away and moving on. It's 
that's how I've always interpreted it too, because the whistling yeah. paired with those lyrics says, All right, I've made my confession. Now I'm good. I'm me. Yeah. I was feeling insecure. McCartney actually in this Playgirl interview in 1985. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I forget if he did a pictorial or not. But Paul in the interview said that the song was about him. Uh, that everybody at that time was on the McCartney bandwagon, and John was jealous. Well, that's where everybody's got something to hide, except for me and my Mecca came from. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you ever hear this story too? That Jealous Guy was the last song that John Lennon ever performed in front of the public or people outside of his world? Mm-mm. Okay, get this. In 1977, he was staying in Tokyo for two months while Yoko was visiting relatives. And one day he was playing an acoustic guitar and singing Jealous Guy when a couple took the elevator up to his suite accidentally. And they, you know, they walked and there's John. The couple sat down and listened as Lennon performed, and then they left and walked back to the elevator. <laughs> uh, but that was the last time he ever performed songs in front of like the, the public, if you want to call two people in an elevator the public. I never heard that. What a great story. It's wild. And then, of course, Roxy Music had a number one with it in 81. Yeah, a great, a great version. There's a great live version of that, too. That was an emotional song. I've, I've Terry Hemmert's talked about this before. That the leads is Brian Ferry, the lead singer of Roxy Music. Did I get that right? I want to say that's right. Is it is it Brian Ferry across the Mersey? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just had to do that. Um, was really moved by Lennon's murder, and that's why they cover it with such emotion as they were mourning the passing of John Lennon while covering that song. Yeah. Right around that same year, maybe a year later, Elton John hit his tribute to um, John with um, Empty Garden. George had all those years ago. So let's get into the post, one of these days, an episode of the post-Lennon's murder tributes that came out musically. There's a ton of them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I wish they didn't exist for obvious reasons. Right. But they're part of Beatle history. We got to talk about them. But that'll be for another episode because this one's already a a, a nine-parter. Next up is It's So Hard. This is the B-side of Imagine. I think it's kind of the perfect flip, right, to imagine to this utopian idea of what the world could be. And then the reality is on the other side. It's it's hard. <laughs> just the everyday. It's just like, so yeah, this is just like a blues song. This is actually the first song recorded at John's home studio, Ascot, February 11th, 1971. They wanted to try something easy, like a blues song, so that they, they chose this one. I think they wanted to try something. They wanted to try something easy. Uh, <laughs> I can't, 
Let me look up what day of the week, February 11th, 1971 was. I'm sorry I interrupted you to play a Lionel Richie riff. <laughs> well, it was a Thursday. February 11th was a Thursday, so... <laughs> I don't know. Easy like Thursday morning. John liked to get high, so high. Picture yourself on an old-fashioned elephant. Lucy in the sky for everyone. Yeah, I mean, there's a blue. It's a blue <laughs> song with the double entendre lyrics. I like. I, I think the lyrics are pretty good, actually. Is I dig love this song? I've never really loved. I feel like I, I'm not a huge your blues guy, but at least your blues has some interesting changes yeah. and instrumentation stuff going on. This, uh, yeah, this this is John's motor of love. <laughs> <laughs> this one after four minutes. I mean, I, it's cool that King Curtis is playing sax on this. I think one of his last. Yeah, appearances on record. It is, um, and way better. Oh my God, they do this, and it's a, actually a great vocal from John. The Madison Square Garden version from those one-to-one shows that came out. Yeah, uh, I mentioned Men Love Avenue. I believe Live in New York City came out that same year. Um, this is way better than that. Where that saxophone player, that guy from Elephant's Memory, needed parents <laughs> to say, "Don't do it. <laughs> Trust me." We uh, d- d- dad lost his job. We can't pay for the lessons. Don't do it. No, he's a good player, man. <laughs> he's a good, plays better than me. Tell you what, man. <laughs> I've never heard your sax. Um, hey, speaking of which, King yeah. Curtis played on Yakety Yak. Don't tell that. He played on Respect, uh, Aretha Franklin's Respect. Memphis Soul Stew, that's King Curtis. Today's special is Memphis Soul Stew. We sell so much of this, people wonder what we put in it. We're gonna tell you right now. Give me about a half a teacup of bass. Now I need a pound of fat bag drums. Now give me four tablespoons of ballin' Memphis guitars. This gonna taste all right. Now just a little pinch of organ. Now give me a half a pint of horn. And then uh, It's a Gas as well. That was a Mad Magazine novelty burping record, (laughs) which he did play on, man. (laughs) That's being confused with the Mad Magazine birthing record. That joke's just for KZ. Um, 6 a.m. Day after Christmas. There's another uh, great version of the song. My favorite cover is the Boys to Men version from 1991's Cooley High Harmony. Okay, next. (laughs) 
Oh, sorry. That's it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Uh. Where in the video they they show a picture of uh of uh, uh the Muppets. Oh my god. Oh my god. Who died from the Muppets in Jim, he- Jim Henson? Uh, Jim, Jim Henson. Yeah, you know, I feel five year old me so sad. I'm forgetting his name. And they show Gilda Radner. Yeah, that was a big hit. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. That, that was a jam in summer of 91, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> uh, next up, I don't want to be a soldier, mama. I don't want to die. So for me, like it's so hard, and then this one were—they were not my favorites. Uh, yeah, this one I always felt was just really long. I—I I think you have to be a little bit high or something to really appreciate this song. But uh, maybe not. Maybe you love it. Maybe you like it. It's six minutes. It's got the Specter production all over it—the washy, mm. crazy reverb percussion—and it just feels like there's a lot going on that's washy. I actually prefer hearing some of the earlier rehearsal versions where it's it's cleaner and it's it sounds more bluesy to me. Yeah, I think what I've always liked is that slide guitar that George is playing is so it's real like because of the way it's mixed it does it sounds very like visceral. There's some of the slide guitar playing that sounds harsh. I can't explain it. It's not like you're used to the you're used to the slide sound from George but not sounding like that. Yeah, it's real snaky. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's sinewy. It, it, it's got uh, <laughs> th- that kind of feel. Um, yeah, I didn't realize till re listen to this and looking at the vinyl credits, which are so cool. And the, the inner sleeve of the vinyl's got all, all the credits in a circle. Oh, yeah. Oh, real quick. Those were designed by George Masayunas, uh, who is a, an artist affiliated with the Fluxus movement. George, what is flux? Certainly, you already understand politically based, radical avant-garde. In hindsight, it was very good that he made the movement. What would Fluxus be if Machunas had the internet? Stop! Joey Moland and Tom Evans from Badfinger are on, are on this. Yeah. Mike Pinder from Moody Blues is playing the tambourine. Klaus Vorman on bass. He's on bass on pretty much everything. Yeah. Keltner's on drums for this one. Nikki Hopkins on piano. Alan White plays the vibraphone. You can't really hear it. And then, yeah, King Curtis. Um, again, one of his last performances. Yeah, yeah, he was, like, killed before this album came out. He was murdered on his front stoop in New York City. Um, he was walking home with an air conditioner, and apparently there were a couple of drug dealers on his steps, and they wouldn't move, and they got into it, and one of the guys stabbed him to death. Um, this is at 50 West 86th Street in Manhattan. And uh, future tenants of the building include Tom Cruise in 1980 and Robert Downey Jr. and Sarah Jessica Parker in 1989. Studios currently go for $15,000 a month. Yeah, New York, right? <laughs> New York real estate. If you need your New York real estate advice, go to Tony. Here's the story of a lovely office. That was closing a million bucks in sales. They expanded all across Long Island and Queens and Brooklyn, too. 
Yeah. It's 15 grand a month. Um, a, saxoph- a great saxophonist was killed in his prime on the doorstep, on the front of the door. It's kind of historic. It's kind of historic. Do, do, do people go there the way I go to the Dakota every time I'm in New York, where I just go look in the doorway and just kind of have, for honest to God, I will, anytime I'm in Manhattan, Midtown, I'll go to the Upper West Side and go to the Dakota and just kind of cry for a few minutes. It's kind of yeah. cathartic and pay my respects. Do people do that for King Crimson? <laughs> King Crimson. <laughs> Christ. King <laughs> Curtis. I apologize, Progheads. They might do it. I bet somebody goes out there. That ends um, side one of the original Imagine album. And I've never played side two, so hit me to this. What goes oh, on? Oh, let me Hitting tell you. Hot. <laughs> well, I, I actually do prefer side two, despite Jealous Guy and despite Imagine. Side two speaks more to my sensibilities. Uh, kicks off with perhaps my favorite song on the record, Give Me Some Truth. To this day, I love this song when I first heard it. And uh, yeah, it's still my favorite song on this record. It's like the heaviest song on the album to me. This feels like a cousin to God when he's oh. when when he rants a bit. It feels like almost a more fully formed. And it has one of my favorite John Lennon it, turns of phrase: "Narrow-minded hypocritics." I've loved since I heard this when I was I don't know fifteen, six. I don't know when the hell I first heard this. It was right around then. Yeah, that line has stuck with me. Honestly, yeah. If- Having heard this song, it, I will say it did kind of shape my brain a little bit at, as a teenager, hearing, like, talking about people being misogynists and, you know, short-haired, yellow-bellied son of tricky dickies. I always like Mother Hubbard, soft soap. Like, uh, it's, it's, it's Lennon getting back to his classic wordplay stuff, which is so yeah. fun. Uh, and it's so cool that he can now use it for things that do make sense versus just gobbledygook gook nonsense <laughs> nonsense nonsense I'm sick and tired of hearing things from uptight short-sighted narrow-minded hypocritics all I want is the truth just give me some truth I've had enough of reading things by neurotic psychotic big-headed politics all I want is the truth allow ourselves to go here very briefly Tony sure. what would John Lennon be saying about an era where the news is quote unquote fake and the elections quote unquote fixed I mean you, you know I, I'm not again we need not make this political let's make this about truth would John Lennon be totally you know he was on one the one and he was buddies with Geraldo which scares me a little bit given what, what we've seen now but mm-hmm, yeah is there any chance John Lennon would have had the conspiracy Kool-Aid or do you think he'd be fighting against it? Like, would he be Clapton or would he right. be, uh, uh, would he be Tom Morello? Right, man. It's so hard to say. Cause uh, you know, I, I, it sounded like he was maturing. It sounded like he wasn't jumping on bandwagons as much as he was getting older. Right. You would think that like Paul seems to be on the right side of things. Now Ringo definitely does. I felt like George was, was always there. So yeah, yeah, I, I, I would hope. I mean, it's hard to say, right? Now it's been over 40 years, right? But well, And Julian and Sean are both have big Q t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 
They're big fans of the musical Avenue Q. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what you saw. Everyone's a little bit racist. Sometimes doesn't mean we go around committing hate crimes. Yeah, I would I would think that he would he would be on the correct side of, of things these days. It would be really weird if he turned suddenly right wing. That just doesn't I don't think he ever ever was that way. Well the, the Republican Party tried to banish him from the nation at one yeah. point. Oh yeah. Nationwide's not on John's <laughs> side. Peyton Manning, <laughs> Travis Tritt. <laughs> Travis Tritt, the fuck's that other guy? Um, the country guy, know. Peyton Manning. With the hat, you know the guy I that wears right. the hat, yeah. Big from Big and Rich. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming to your city. Every yin-yang, stick it in the ding-ding. What are you saying? If you want a little bang in your yin-yang, if you want a little zing in your zang-zang, if you want a little ting in your tang-tang... <laughs> Money for rope, money for dope. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely love love this song. And I would recommend, having played this on a few different versions, that Ultimate Mixes version that's on the Gimme Some Truth uh, remix record from last year and is also in the Imagine Box set. It's a great way to listen to the song. It's just like they do with those mixes. Everything sounds separated and powerful. But yeah, this is a an Ultimate Lennon great song. And Money for Old Rope is an old British idiom that means like a, a profit obtained by little or no effort. I, I, I was always confused about that line, money for rope. I was always like, is that slang for LSD? Because remember, uh, George describes it. He, he, took, he took, according to George, he put LSD under a microscope and it looked like a rope. Rope, yeah. And he's like, I'm not putting that in my brain anymore. So I, was, I wasn't sure if dope and rope were drug related, but... Uh, I thought it was the same thing. I thought it was heroin. I've heard it as slang for heroin. Now I'm a. I spend a lot of time on the streets. <laughs> I always thought it had something to do with soap on a rope, because I would see those ads in the back of uh, Playboy magazines when I was uh -huh. like sneaking, sneaking a peek at those. I did this, dude. I used to go to my dad's Playboy collection. I'd get oh, on yeah. a ladder and take them down. Oh yeah, put them back in the right order. Uh -huh. Continuity. That's why I'm a script supervisor now. Continuity. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> uh. Hey, Tony, now that you've changed to Pepsi, what else would you change? I like to be soap on a rope and Claudia Schiffer's shower. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Another favorite of mine. This one could have been on Plastic Ono as far as I'm concerned. Oh, my love. I love this song. Oh, my love for the first time in my life. to be recorded for this album, but it was written around the same time as the White Album. Uh, in fact, I think you can hear a, uh, an early demo of it now, which is great. Strong woman, left me 
I love it too. I knew you'd love it too because it's it's got a Julia feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It it's slightly different. It's not that. Uh, it's not the picking. Not the picking, yeah. which I've been calling claw hammer, which I also learned that's not claw hammer. I think it's called Travis picking. Anyway, we live, we learn, we're human. But I I, I love this. I've always loved this song. That's Alan White playing Tibetan cymbals. Yeah, appropriating culture. <laughs> Fucking Alan White. <laughs> that last name, what does that tell you? Yeah, exactly. Cancel him. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel, yes. Say it all good. Okay, we got nine minutes. <laughs> DJ's got to go to the bathroom. This song was covered by the Letterman in 1972, and it reached number 58 in Japan. I see the window, I see the trees. Everything is clear in my heart. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a deep cut. <laughs> hey, Tony won the episode, everybody. If you're keeping track at home, Tony went the deepest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Noted Levi Stubbs impersonator. Um, I'm a mean green mother from outer space. Also Levi Stubbs. Little shop of horse. I'm just a mean green mother from outer space. Gonna crash your ass. Gonna rock this place. I was re-listening to the episode. I'm like, why didn't we mention him in Little Shop of Horrors? We got Grease 2 out. Yeah, this is great. In the documentary, Give Me Some Truth, I'd forgotten watching John and George kind of going through it together is just a gorgeous moment. There's many yeah. of those. Um, ring off. Yeah, the the ring off moment, which is really funny yeah. to laugh about it. I think we shouldn't ring off, ring off when George does his... Yeah, so we'll ring off then. It'll go... Ring off. Ring off. One of the great John Lennon moments that best encapsulates, I, I love, this is a, a favorite of mine too, Tony. The John able to do dark and light at the same time, everything is clear in our world has a dissonance to it. It's not yeah. a straight major. He's still showing darkness and minor key in this song. There's a lot of minor in here. Yeah. And it's the push and pull of the way John was able to emote. This song is just a killer distillation. It, it's like a best of ballad for him. I, I can't say enough about this gorgeous song. Completely agree with you. Yeah, and I, we got to mention Nicky Hopkins, his piano playing. He's doing all the high stuff. He's doing anything intricate on the piano you hear on this record is Nicky Hopkins, and he was a, a true master of, of, of his domain, <laughs> Seinfeld. All right, I suppose we should get to this next song. This, song, this song's difficult. How do you sleep? Well, it opens with the Sgt. Pepper orchestra tuning up. Uh, which would be the the Flux Fiddlers doing their impersonation with even with the cough and the everything. The cough in is there. in there, <laughs> yep. Yeah, obviously this song was about Paul in response to what John felt were digs at him on Paul's Ram album. Yeah, Paul's were subtle, and John decided to not be subtle and just decided to just put it out there and, and do a really mean-spirited jab musically at Paul. This whole song is about Paul. <laughs> Nothing else. Yeah, uh, and just to kind of clarify that, Tony, Too Many People on Ram came out in early May. By late that month, John was already writing and recording the song in response. So, I mean, about three weeks, I mean, maybe, uh, you know, they're both on Apple. Maybe John heard an acetate or something before the record came out, but he yeah. wrote this as a quick response. In April of that same year, Ringo released a B-side, one of his great and uh, one of his great 45s that don't come easy back with early 1970. We're basically, and George is playing slide on that, and it's Ringo saying, I want them to play with me. I wonder if they'll play with me. It's Ringo ruminating on how he still loves the other three with George playing on it. That's April of 71 that comes out. This is now a few months later, and George is playing on a song where John Lennon exhibits a level of vitriol 
that has always been very difficult for me to listen to, respect, and enjoy. The same primal anger that I love so much on on the Janov inspired, um, not the Shanov inspired plastic ono <laughs> band. Many people think that my dad had something to do with it, um, but that kind of primal scream, anger at the world that I love so much, hearing him directed at Paul McCartney, especially as a non measured response to what what and John was wrong about Dear Boy. Dear Boy was about Paul's uh, Linda's first husband. It's right. really just too many people, and yeah, some of the visual stuff in there. And Paul had also written that nasty press release to go with the McCartney album the previous year. So sure, there'd been things. This response feels unfair. It has aged very poorly. I love the music. I love Nicky Hopkins' uh, uh, piano playing in this thing. Um, But yeah, John was wrong. John was a dick. This stains the album for me. It's always been very hard. It's like mom and dad are fighting. Who do you side with? I'm siding with mom. So Sergeant Pepper took you Fighting and it's uncomfortable. Yeah, this song is it's uncomfortable. I've always liked the music for sure. Me too. Um, and I think when this record came out and I was a teenager and I had some of that angst because that's what this is. This is their this is like adolescent style anger. Clearly, John is mad. He's freshly mad, and yeah, he's using the power he has, which is these these guys, including George, who you know is willingly participating in this song. He's not contributing to the lyrics. Apparently, according to Oz Magazine, Yoko and Ellen Klein were contributing to the lyrics. And I heard it got really mean-spirited. Like, they started lyrics that never were committed to tape or that we've never heard. They were they got personal, and they, or they attacked him for doing, like, Little Richard stuff. And I heard it got really, really ugly. And actually, Ringo was at this session. I'm not sure why the cameras weren't rolling for this, because we have them rehearsing this maybe it was a different day on a different when they picked it back up anyway Ringo was there for this and he was not into it and he in fact was like okay that's enough or you know you've taken this too far or whatever kind of put his kind of put his foot down in a way even though he's not on this record but saying like hey man on the farm got plenty of charm beep beep he's got no cows but he'll got a whole lot of sheep a brand new wife and a family And when he comes to town I wonder if he'll play with me Laying in bed, watching TV, cocky With his mama by his side, she's Japanese They screamed and they cried, now they're free And when he comes to town Of course it's Ringo who's trying to be the peacemaker. I think Ringo's the most peaceful member of the Beatles. <laughs> Always has been. And yeah. it's why it's why when Ringo was so hurt when Paul didn't invite him to play Live 8 with you too. Yes. <laughs> oh, Ringo, don't be upset. Peace and love, don't be upset about that. I'm warning you with peace and love. But, you know, Tony, the thing about the song that I think bugs me the most, we talk about truth, we talk about give me some truth. Objectively... John Lennon is wrong in this song. The only thing you've done is yesterday. Let's see, what happened between yesterday and this song? Here, there, and everywhere, for no one, Sergeant Pepper, side two of Abbey Road, hey Jude. Penny Lane, 
Maybe I'm amazed. Hey, Jude, let it be. The fuck is... And even as a solo artist, Maybe I'm Amazed uh, was on uh, the first McCartney. Ram, I realized that album wasn't beloved at the time, but John's wrong. I mean, those freaks was right when they said you was dead. Now, John Fraser... And John later said, hey, it's all good. I love Paul. He's a brother. Like, John didn't said the right things after that, so it's not as if this began a feud that lasted till he died. They made amends at the very yeah. end. A few ends leaves, here, really. Yes. I, I, I give Paul a ton of credit for not forever saying, fuck you. Yeah. You know, how dare you do this to me? And silently, like... Not so much fuck you, but fuck the feud, right? I'm not playing anymore. Yeah. Let's yes. patch it up, dear friend, right? Yeah. 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 Stand out on wildlife. Yeah. It's an unfortunate timing. Like, what if this were Child of Nature? Like, what this song could have been. I mean, well, actually, this song became Stealing Glass. So, yes. <laughs> so, and, and we mentioned Sexy Sadie. That was originally a, a scathing commentary in the Maharishi yeah. that he was talked out of. So, John said, history of this, but Paul McCartney, with the exception of, of, and God bless you, Cynthia, but it's Yoko 1A and Paul 1B in John Lennon's life from adolescence on. Yeah, to do this to someone you love like that, I think is is cruel, and I think it's unfair. And I get Paul McCartney a ton of credit. I love John Lennon. Yes, I'm probably more of a Paul guy. I've met Paul. The solo output. He's had eight million more albums than John, but I love John Lennon. I disagree vehemently with the lyrics and the point of view of the song. It it takes the album down a notch for me. On a side, otherwise, I love the rest of the songs, Tony. Like you. Well, he still sleeps well. How about that? I think Paul sleeps well. Yeah. <laughs> On a very expensive bed. <laughs> Paul uses my pillow. <laughs> that guy. Well, the next song also begins with the word how, but ends with that word too. How, question mark? Well, another favorite of mine. Yeah, I love this song. I've always liked it. Uh, your favorite, TJ, Robert Christgau. Or is it Christgau? <laughs> <laughs> Stop taking the Christ out of Christ. <laughs> Village voice guy. He's been around forever. He He's did... an asshole. <laughs> well, he called this song psychotherapeutically lugubrious and confusing oh <laughs> as they say on the on the comeback oh somebody went to Yale <laughs> I don't need to hear that I guess I disagree I completely disagree I'm with you I love the song the placement after how do you sleep showing John in one song being confidently vitriolic and confidently angry and aggressive to then questioning his entire existence in the next song is a very John Lennon album thing. And I feel like I give the song extra points for following the, the, the screed that takes place before it. How can I go forward when I don't know which way I'm facing? First line is, how can I go forward when I don't know which way I'm facing? This is after he just eviscerated his former partner. And now he's <laughs> saying, I'm, I don't know. I don't have answers. Um, Alan White's kick drum on the verses keeps the song from being syrupy. Yeah. The, the strings are a nice touch, but the kick drum gives it just a, a, a little more, more oomph. It's mixed right in the center and kind of punctuates its words. The kick drum sounds like John Lennon's heartbeat in this song. Yeah. Yeah, especially when when he does the double beat there. 
Yeah, and there's a weird time signature thing. It 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 almost it feels like it goes into a couple different time signatures. Um, yeah, it's fluid, like it's loose. Yeah. Like yeah, if you try to just follow the beat, you'll get lost. It it has a it's it has human starts and stops. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's a it's another one of his vulnerable songs. Like I feel like it would not feel out of place on Plastic Ono Band. Uh, like if it were stripped down, if we got rid of the strings and stuff, it it could it could fit on there. I'm glad it's on this one with the strings. FYI, FYE. That's where I shop when I buy CDs at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> they they bought all the music lands and Sam goodies. FYE. You still find those every once in a while. An FYE. An FYE. What about a CDW? When was the last time you were at a it was a computer discount warehouse, right? Yeah, man. CDW, <laughs> Office Depot, Office Max, owned by the same company, but they don't tell you. It's like now they they brought Amico gas stations back, but it's still BP. They just have Amicos on different blocks, so people don't see a BP every other block. Oh. The world's a nightmare, Tony. Oh, yeah. The world is a nightmare. Oh, no. Oh, no. You know life can belong. So tough. Sometimes I feel I've had enough. How can I give love when I don't know what it is I'm giving? I do like, I mean, I like the structure of this song because it's human. It it has these strange stops and starts that don't fall into a, a specific time. And it, yeah, it brings out the insecurity of the lyrics of the uncertainty of where he's going, what he's doing, you know, how can he go on? I don't know what I'm doing. And it's great. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It it related to me, especially as a teenager, you know, and it still relates, still relates now. And as an, an aging Gen Xer, I know, I know some more things, but I wouldn't say I know anything else. (laughs) Well, and I totally agree with that, Tony. And you can hear him when he's saying, oh, no, repeatedly. He's questioning his own. I I mean, yeah, it's it's what we people who are in touch with themselves tend to do a lot. Not people who touch themselves. There's a time (laughs) and a place for everything. But you mentioned without the strings, this could have fit on Plastic Ono Band. As it is, it sounds like it could fit on Mind Games. Mm. It's kind of a John Ballad that bridges his entire early 70s output. And then it closes with Poppy Fun. Oh, Yoko. My favorite cartoon character on local Des Moines television (laughs) in the 70s. Hey, it's Poppy Fun. (laughs) Hola. (laughs) I think there was a Floppy the Dog in uh, the Des Moines area. Hi, kids. It's time for the Floppy Show with Dwayne Ellett and Floppy. Well, you would think that these children could show a little more enthusiasm for the opening of the show. Yes, you would. <laughs> okay, here we go now. A one, two, three. <laughs> My cousin grew up in Ames, and he was—he uh, used to watch like the floppy, the floppy show or something. <laughs> My cousin growing up was Willie Ames. <laughs> Which is better, zapped or zapped too? <laughs> it's the age-old question. You, you talk about the Star Wars, first Star Wars, the Godfathers, and the, and the zapped. And the zapped. <laughs> Get off this summer with Zapped. Starring Scott Bayo, Willie Ames, Albert Einstein, Scatman Crothers. Yeah, I, I, I love this song. I always think of the video, which is because John and Yoko made a video album for this. <laughs> Which was ahead of his time too. Yeah. Where they're they're vaguely on the set of Brigadoon <laughs> screaming each other's names. And it's it's like a spinal tap bit because they're right next to each other, but they can't yeah. see each other. In the it's fog. the greatest. In the middle of the night. Yo go. In the middle of the night, I Yo-ko. call go. She yells his name is rough. It's 
pretty well. There's a lot in the Give Me Shoot documentary. Like I, I like Yoko. Thanks to you, I've come to respect Yoko's music even more. Totally. But Yo- Yoko in the studio, I would quit and go to <laughs> teaching school. Yoko giving studio notes would make me crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, this song was featured. Uh, it was great when there was a twist and shout moment for the song in pop culture. Yeah. When it was on the Rushmore soundtrack and then the Rushmore album. Yes. I, I don't know where you are with the Rushmore soundtrack. I loved it back in 99 when it came out. I love the it soundtrack. Exposed, yeah. It's so great. All the Mark Mothersbaugh music. Yeah. The kind of the Christmassy, that snowflake. You're a snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say that word anymore. No, but the live, uh, the Who doing a quick one live at the Rolling Stones Rock and Roll Circus. Yeah, I felt like he had our record collection, basically, yes. and put out obscure, you know, like yeah, she using she smiled sweetly by the stones, you know, like stuff off between the buttons. They were like, oh, that's my record, and now now it's everybody's record. But she smiled sweetly. She smiled sweetly. She smiled sweetly. And says, don't worry. There's one I'd never heard in oldie that I'd never heard until the soundtrack came out. Concrete and Clay by Level 42. Not le- Level 40. No. Um, Who's saying Concrete and Clay? Level 42 is the that's 80s, 80s right? British Steely Dan. Right. <laughs> um, it was. If we build the time before us. The future will us. Unit 4 plus 2. <laughs> Well, I was so much for not taking notes at the end of the album. Um, yeah, but it's a, a Concrete in the Clay. What a great oldie. Like, it's one I'd never heard before this, and I love it. The sidewalks and the street, the concrete and the clay beneath my feet begins to crumble. But love will never die because we'll see the mountains tumble before we say goodbye, my love and I. Yeah, yeah, he had a good record collection. He, yeah, and the and a good music. Uh, who are those people? Whatever the music supervisor. <laughs> well, I, I I just love this song itself, just as is. Uh, it seems the the chorus was inspired by Lonnie Donegan's "Lost John," a song that he also covered during the uh, Plastic Ono sessions. Now this year's a story about an escape comic called "Long Gone Lost John." It's got a nice chorus, so if anybody want to join in, here the way it goes. Sing them for them, boys. Yeah. Now it's long, long, long gone. Real nice. Now it's long, long, long gone. Yeah, there's some fun stuff. I've always liked this song. In fact, EMI wanted to put it out as a single, but Lennon put the kibosh on that, saying it was too commercial. And the kibosh. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> I like that you can hear the vocal four in the four count on the snare at the very beginning of the song, which probably annoyed Phil Spector, you know? <laughs> you can't yell four. No, no, Josh. But after all. All right. One of the greatest sessions of all time. History's in the making. Jan Wenner is here with his brother, Jan. And here we go. One, two, three. One, two, three, four. No, you yell four. Wait Phil, a minute. Phil, Phil. You can't yell four over his playing. Please, please accept my four. It's the only way I can come in. It's through four. Forget how Phil Spector felt. Poor Phil McDonald was sent into therapy when they were recording this. And oh, the, yeah. Phil Spector, the first moment you go, Phil Spector is going to kill someone is when you see the way he looks at Phil McDonald. <laughs> Sing 
giving us in the middle of the night instead of twelve. That's not the one. Remember, look, I'll tell you. Yeah, we're both doing harm me again to it. Let me, just wait a second, let me explain, okay? What's the matter with you, Philip? It's the last fucking verse. In the middle of the cloud, I called your name, oh, Yoko, and he stopped here once, remember? And that's the one you're playing now. We don't want that one. We want the one that he recorded afterwards, all new and free, that was from in the middle of cloud up to the end. Yeah, okay. Look, the end of the song is just like the fucking rest of it. We're going to sing the harmonies to all we owe. Come on. What's the matter with you? What are you doing? I'm hearing your voice, John. Otherwise, we'd be singing, wouldn't we? Poor guy, but I keep thinking uh, I will never hear the song and not think of the harmonies that Phil Spector's doing with John. It's such an indelible, great video moment. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so good. Uh, but yeah, the, this song is great. I love that it's in, uh, I think it's in uh, C sharp, so it's got a real kind of bouncy oh, cool. key. You know, kind of not a key you hear a lot in rock. No. C sharp. Yes! Tony's got his guitar today. It's such a, I mean, so what a great What chord cool is that? E flat minor? What is that? I'm playing in B flat minor right now. B flat, a B flat minor. Okay. Yeah. All right. And that's the F sharp. F sharp. <laughs> it's a new podcast. Tony and TJ semi figure out John Lennon solo songs. Um, yeah. And this, one of the things in the liner notes at the end of this you know how young Phil Collins is in All Things Must Pass. Young John Popper gets a big harmonica solo at the end of this. <laughs> I love the harmonica. It's trashy. It's real Dylan style. Trashy. Yeah. Like his whole mouth is all over it. This is the first and last time it was used, the harmonica, on a Lennon solo re- record. Yeah, I guess so. And it, it's funny to hear him play harmonica and think about, you know, the, the first single, Love Me Do, the reason Paul's singing that chorus because John was playing the harmonica. It's kind of fun to hear him go back to this. Right. Yeah, this was written in India in 68, and then uh, there's that great demo that was later reissued on whatever, but in uh, I think it's a film clip in 69 of, of them in the Bahamas, yeah. and it's like a four-and-a-half-minute version of it. But I, I love his vocal on that. It's like right in his perfect key or whatever. It's uh, I love it. It's, I love this song. This song is total joy. Which do you prefer, this or Dear Yoko from Double Fantasy? I prefer this one, but I do like Dear Yoko a lot. Yeah, me too. I like that one. That one is like the mellow, settled down, uh, suburban living <laughs> version of this song. Yeah, th- this is late 60s, early 70s, John, and that's clearly late 70s, early 80s, John. And yeah. how cool that in a span of about a decade, he got two songs to his wife out that were both kind of classics. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely cut of the same cloth. It's, yeah, Dear Yoko's almost, yeah, like uh, like Paperback Rider was Son of Day Tripper or whatever. This is yeah. Daughter of O Yoko, <laughs> Dear Yoko. Dude, don't call me Daughter of O Yoko. <laughs> <laughs> the original Eddie Vedder lyric. Yoko!
at the top of the show when we were talking about imagine how what pop culture's done to it, I left one reference out I did want to get to. I saw a musical in 2005 in New York that I flew to New York just to see. That was John, uh, it was the John Lennon musical. It was called Lennon the Musical. Mm. One of the bigger Broadway flops of the last 20 years. I think it previewed for a couple weeks, ran for a couple weeks. That was it. And uh, it was, the gist was it had like eight or nine different actors. If I mentioned this on the show before, there were like eight or nine different actors who played Lennon. The huh. uh, white guy, Asian woman, black guy, black woman, that they were trying to show that John Lennon is everybody and everybody is John Lennon, which is a noble conceit. Huh. But whereas some okay. rock musicals keep the orchestration and the arrangements, I swear to God, this one was like, Instant karma's gonna get you. <laughs> it was like two, like, and again, love musicals. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do it. And imagine on stage was like everybody dressed as John in like a peace costume, singing the song together. Like you paid 180 bucks for a Broadway ticket to see a campfire routine. <laughs> And I think that's kind of what I mean. Don't do that to Imagine and don't do that to John. Yeah. That's all I mean. Well, imagine John Lennon, happy 50th birthday to you. Uh, it is available on LP, 8-track, reel-to-reel. You can get it in quadraphonic sound, quadrosonic sound on 8-track in U.S. Tony, I believe that's the only quad uh, Beatles-related 8-track, I think. Is that right? Yeah. You can also get it in Japan. So there's two matrixes. You can get uh, the U.K. and the Australian LP using Sony's SQ Matrix. Or you can get the Japanese version, which uses the Sansui WS Matrix. Um, that's on reel to reel. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and uh, I, I mean, the only way to follow that is in my hands, the 40th anniversary vinyl with a picture of John's face. And then the recent vinyl, which is just the green apple. So you can find hmm. all kinds of vinyl copies of this as well. Yeah, it's it's out there. Buy it, stream it, lose it, weep it. Like, you know, we say around my house, stream it and dream it, Hoss. I had a stream dream. I'm going to cream dream. Going to take your cream and dump it in the trash cream dump. <laughs> and then for no reason, the Sanford Sun theme. <laughs> Instant karma's gonna get you, gonna get you, Lennon the musical. Musical. <laughs> I love musicals, but fuck that. Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe. 